Ronananian. A service advisor from Honda said it's okay to drive the car with a slipping transmission? Yep, yep. As long as, you know, now all I do is I act like it's like a manual transmission, and I let off on it, it'll shift without slipping. The car doctor. First of all, the car's unsafe to drive, just from your description. If it's losing the shift point between second and third that the engine speed flares to a 1,000 RPM, it's a free rev to a grand and then drop it back into gear. It's going to shock things apart over time. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. By the way, I should point out more information about this radio show, cardoctorshow.com. Also places and ways to podcast Visa and various methods, um, Spreaker and iHeart among them. So uh, get out to cardoctorshow.com and you will find it there. Um, hello, Mr. Ray. How are you today? Doing well, I assume. I see no uh, Mr. Atwood. I'm doing very well and yeah. uh, working my little uh, my little tail off. Yeah, you're here. busy on that side of the glass this week. I, I noticed that um, uh, with with Tony out of the way or Tony among the missing. Well, Tony among the missing, you brought your laundry in, so I'm trying to get your laundry done. You know, so you, you know you yeah. treat me nice when you leave. And... Yeah, it's nice. Just hurry up and get everything done. We want to go home later, so uh, you know, let's make sure we get everything done. So speaking of getting things done, let's kick the garage doors open and let's go talk to Don in Dayton, Ohio, 06 Malibu in a battery drain. Don, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Thank you. Um, I've got a 2006 Malibu 3500 uh, V6 LX. It's um, got 254,000 miles. It's been a great car. Just broken um, in, baby. 254,000. So, exactly. Yep, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's um, when I shut the car off, uh, if I'm not out but within 10 hours to restart the car, the battery is dead to the world. Okay. I've checked everything that could possibly cause a battery drain, and I can't find it. All right. What have you done? When you say you've checked everything, how are you checking? Well, I, I, I checked, um, you know, to make sure that the glove box was shut. There was nothing plugged in anywhere. The, the trunk light is coming off as, you know, you shut the door. Um, that's pretty much it, other than I did have a, a, someone do a code read on it, and nothing comes up on that. Um, about a year ago, I had uh, an alternator and a new battery I, I installed and put in. And um, then I've upgraded to a key fob that I bought from O'Reilly's. Um, and that's all I've done to the car. Wait, I'm reaching for my notes. I have to write myself a note. You gave me a great idea for a YouTube video. We're going to do it this year. We're going to do a battery draw test, and it's going to be your fault. Okay. Awesome. Draw test. Wait a minute. YouTube. Um, what you need to do is you need to do a draw test. All right. Okay. Uh, you know, somebody, either you or, or somebody else, you don't own a digital voltometer by chance, do you? I sure do. I own about three. Okay. So go over to the battery, pick your pick your poison, positive or negative. We can spend the next 10 years having the theory conversation about which way electrons flow. Um, I like to pull the negative cable off. It's As long as it's accessible, let's set the meter up on amperage. And let's see what kind of amperage flow we've got. All right. We, we want to see 50 milliamps or less, typically within a 60-minute time period. Cars vary. I could look up the spec for yours. I'm going to guess and say yours will probably knock off between 20 and 35 minutes. 
but we want to see under 50 milliamps. All right. Now, okay. when you when you set it up for this, and you know, obviously, you're putting the meter in series with that negative battery cable and the battery. You want to make sure on GM product, if it's a side terminal, that you've got good contact because of those, you know, the the side terminal bolt that you don't attach the meter to that. You want to grip the cable so that you have good contact. You want to do it with the hood closed, key out. All right. When okay. I, when I set a, when I set a car up for draw, I always put the driver's window down. All right. So if I have to reach into the car to to look or get a sense of something, I don't have to open the door because once I open the door, I I reset the timer. All right. So you know you're either going to do that or you're going to trip the door latch. You know, take a screwdriver and lock the door. All right. You know, pretend your screwdriver is the striker, lock the latch, and that'll close the door. And you can sit there with the door open and do whatever you want inside the car, however you want to okay. approach this. But the idea becomes that hood down, meter out on top. You know, I usually lay it on the driver's side wiper, and you're looking for the draw to go down. You want to see it under 50 milliamps. And, you know, when you find that it doesn't go under 50 milliamps, now at least you can start looking for your draw. Um, once you see. That that number, whatever it comes out to be, let's say it becomes 200 milliamps, pop the hood. This is the reason why the door or the window's open. All right, pop the hood back open and see if the draw goes up. If the draw doesn't change, then you know that the vehicle doesn't have an anti-theft or it's not affecting. All right, the 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 meter if it does affect it or you can try it beforehand if you see obviously there's a plunger under the hood you know that there's an anti-theft system built into the car trip the door trip the hood latch like you did the door latch close it and that takes a big screwdriver all right or find a way to either jump or across or bypass that that hood switch so that you put the car in when the meter when it goes to sleep it goes to sleep if you get what I'm saying, all right? Yes. Because you're going to need access to the underhood fuse box. You're going to need access to the instrument cluster fuse box, and now you've got to go through one fuse at a time, one fuse at a time. I never I'll never forget the first time I talked about this on radio, and some guy was and he heard it and he called me a week later and he said. I've got all the fuses out of the car. How do I know where they go? And I went, oh, vault. Yeah, I could just, and I still picture this guy 30, 25 years later still, you know, this fuse must go here and this fuse, my God, my God. Um, so one fuse at a time, all right? What okay. cha- what changes the draw level, all right? I will I will tell you that the, the, the two circuits that are the most common, but... And I'll do it. I'll do it. Just maybe it'll help your diagnosis. But don't you know? Try and shortcut and focus just on those. The the two things that seem to go wrong the most with these cars are the BCM, the body control module, and the radio. The radio actually is the number one cause of a draw on these cars. It seems, um, and it, it channels through the BCM. So you you may find some comfort in that if you get a wiring diagram. And here's a case where you want to look at a wiring diagram and look at power and ground distribution and just understand how, you know, it flows in and out of the vehicle and start to look at it. If you want to get a little more high-tech than this, one of the things you can go out and purchase if you need a reason to buy more tools is there are, there are thermal imager guns, all right? You know, you, you'll see them used in AC and heating. We've started using them in the last couple of years for electrical draw work, where we'll take the cover off that underhood relay box, and once the car goes to sleep, if there's still a draw, shoot the thermal imager at the relay box, which relay is hot. If you've got a hot relay, that circuit's still awake. 
Now, why is it awake? Is it awake because something has kept the relay on, i.e. the BCM doesn't let it go to sleep, or is the relay stuck for that particular circuit, whatever it might be, not necessarily just BCM? Um, and thermal imagers are, you know, they're a couple hundred bucks now, three, four hundred dollars. It's and in the world of auto repair, three, four hundred dollars is like going out to get a cheeseburger. It's not a lot of money, uh, right. you know. And it'll, 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 you know, and, and they do come in handy. Um, thermal imagers are, are just becoming, you know, I was working on something a couple of weeks back, looking for a misfire, and I shot the exhaust manifold on the one side, and I saw, I saw the temperature variation, and right away I could see this side's misfiring, this side's not. Didn't even break the scanner out yet. Um, I just had a light flashing and real quick grab the thermal imager. So they serve multiple purposes. But that's that's how I would approach that. All right. Um, you know, just keep in mind that it, this is a good this is a good repair to, you know, get a notepad and a pen. And, you know, I, I, I started the draw test at 10.05 because inevitably you're doing the draw test. And somebody comes up and starts talking to you, and then you lose track of what time they just start. And, you know, you can see that, you know, and all of a sudden you realize, gee, I've been standing next to this car for an hour, and the draw hasn't gone down. You, you know you've got a problem. All right? So uh, yes, just a good time to take notes and things like that. Give that a shot, unless you have some other questions, and uh, give me a call back next week. Let me know what happens. We'll go from there. Wonderful. All right? Thank you very much. You're very I welcome. appreciate all your help. You're, I've really... You're, you're, enjoyed your radio show, and uh, the only thing I regret is I didn't find you earlier. Well, listen, I'm glad you're here now, and I'm glad to count you among the many. And uh, you have yourself a good, safe, happy new year. Thank you, Ron. You too. You're very welcome, Don. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this. Hey, Ron and Andy here. Welcome back. Um, hey, Tom. Do you, uh, you don't have Walt, you haven't heard from Walt in Hawaii? No, you? not really. Uh, something tells me he's probably, uh, you know, sitting on a beach someplace while we're looking at 16 degrees and snow. Well, because, you know, Santa, I, I meant to say this when I was up there, um, you know, last week helping Santa with the Sabre technology, radar and all that stuff. Um, Santa gave me a present for Walt and I've got it kicking around under my desk. It says to Walt in Hawaii. Really? Yeah. Why, why didn't he drop it off himself? Well, because Santa figured Walt would like, you know, the thrill of me handing it to him, so to speak, over the air. And um, hmm, interesting. If, if if you get a call from Walter in Hawaii in the next couple of weeks. I'll, uh, I'll let him know we have it. Let him know he, we he have it. He has to talk to you to get it. And he has to talk to me to get it. And, you know, we have to get his address and we're going to send it out to him. And uh, he'll like it. He just So, Walt, if you're listening, pick up the phone. Let's see what yeah. that does. And you know what, Walt? It's not a coconut tree, and we're not sending you a load of snow from here. Oh, so, Well, we could try sending him a load of snow, but by the time it gets there, it'll look like a glass of water. This is true. Let's let's, let's go over and talk to Mike in uh, New Hampshire. Mike, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. How you doing? Yes, sir. Very good. What's going on? Hey, how cold is it up there in New Hampshire this weekend? It was hovering around zero this morning. Oh, what is I, it? Last time I looked. Warm spell, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, we went skiing yesterday, and it was uh, five below on top of the mountain, so yeah. how, a little on the chilly side. How much snow you got? Uh, probably on the ground right now. It's, it's settled, but we probably still got about a foot of gr- on the ground. Wow. Okay. So, well, more coming, I'm sure. So, oh yes. What's what's going on? How can I help you? Well, uh, probably what two or three weeks ago, you were talking about uh, aftermarket parts, okay. and I have my own little story about those. All right, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a uh, 93 Toyota pick, uh, four-wheel drive pickup, and uh, uh, at one point the uh, 
clutch went. It's got a hydraulic clutch. So I went and I bought aftermarket parts from one of the box stores. I bought both the master and the slave cylinder. Figured if I'm going to go in there, might as well um, replace them both. And it lasted for about three to four days, and then I didn't have a pedal again. So I said, all right, well, maybe I got a bad part. So I took it back, and they replaced both of them because did, I didn't know which one it was. And I uh, bench bled all and put everything back in right. And, uh, again, it lasted about three days. So I took that part back, went to a different box store because, you know, they have a different – supposedly have a different supplier. Yeah, it's a different white box part. Yeah. Right. I got the same thing. It only lasted like three or four days. So at this point, I'm questioning my skills, cause, and, but and, I've been doing this, you know, for 40 years. And you're questioning your sanity, right? You're like, what, yeah. am, I, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I says, all right, I'll just take it right to a Toyota dealership. Let them tell me what I did wrong. They had that thing on the lift for an hour. And they came back scratching their head, and they says, we don't understand it, but we know it's master cylinder that's bad. So, make a long story short, I ordered, instead of the $24 box um, store master cylinder, I ordered the $130 Toyota master cylinder. And three months later, it's still working just fine. Yeah. Yep. And I've got the same situation. I've had to put, you know, the, it's got 276,000 miles on it. The first set of ball joints lasted 210. And again, I bought the $18 aftermarket ball joints. They lasted a year. Right. Yep. And now I'm back to Toyota parts. So I, yeah. uh, I really kind of resigned myself, and I'm going to start buying a lot more, you know, OEM parts. You have to, you know, you have to for your own sanity, for your own good. We we talk about it in terms of legacy companies. You've, you've got to buy from the major names. You've got to buy from the major brands. And I think that, you know, the mechanics, no, listen, I can tell you who I, who I believe is making the same part for the OE as they are for the aftermarket themselves. Um, they're not the issue. Once in a while they get a bad one, and, you know, it's, there's always a bad apple in the, in the bunch. It just, it just kind of works its way through. It happens. But the, the frequency level of the, you know, white box, you know, and I can't just say made in China or, or 52nd State because everything's made in China today. Um, uh, you, you know, it's like I bought Motorcraft brake parts the other week, and they were made in China. And the only argument I have with it is that I think Motorcraft specs out their stuff different than that white box brake part uh, made in China. And that, that must be what it is because it works. Um my argument for an OE part or a legacy part is it's not the cost of what you pay for it the first time. It's the cost of what you pay for it, having to do it again and again and again. Uh, Absolutely. You know, both, both in terms of customer satisfaction, your safety, the, 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 the time lost. It's just it's just staggering to me. Uh, you well, know, in this case, it's, I also had the the one hour on the lift at the dealership that right. I paid for yeah. that if I had bought that Toyota product to begin with, I wouldn't have had to pay for. Right. Yeah. And what's it all worth? It's, you know, when people say to me and I, you know, it's funny, I watch, I did a water pump this week. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this story. I did, I did a water pump this week in a 2012 GMC Acadia. All right. And for whatever reason, it was the first one I'd ever done. 
All right. Maybe they're just, you know, it's only four years old, five years old. They're just starting to, you know, get to that 100,000-mile mark. Um, first one I'd done of this generation. So, I, you know, I went through all that. I went through Mitchell. I went through the factory manual. And nobody really gave you a good perspective on how to do it. All right. They just all said, yeah, take the water pump out, put the water pump in. Yeah, too bad the fender, the inner panel, you know, and, and that right front corner of the car is in the way. They don't explain how to get around that. So, yeah, I understand. Take off the upper motor mount, and I got that. And But, you know, they, there were conflicting comments. Some said you do, some said you don't. I started looking at YouTube. Listen, I'll admit it. We look at YouTube in the shop. We want to see what other people are thinking and talking about and real-world stuff. And it was funny how one guy, a couple of people were saying, hey, don't take it to the dealer for this. They're going to rip you off. It's real easy to do. And you watch them go through these convoluted, twisted, turnaround procedures that – you know, just make no sense at all. Why are they doing it that way? And they're doing it, putting in the cheapest possible part. <laughs> and you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, like we're going to have to revisit this a second time. Are you out of your mind? Uh, you know, it's it's the water pump I put in that car. AC Delco right out of the dealer, uh, you know, dealer level part. Wouldn't use anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, it's come to that. You know, we, we, we've been talking about it off and on the last couple of weeks. Um, Bosch, all right, not not to make it a commercial, but Bosch makes a heck of an auto part. They're what I consider a legacy company. And, you know, we're talking to them, and I'm getting some insight into some of the things they have to go through and some of the hoops they have to go through to, you know, to jump through to, to, to make those parts. And, yeah, Bosch is an OE part provider so when you you know when you buy a bosch part you're buying the same part that you walk into the dealership and 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 purchase and and that's what makes it so important i don't know if they make clutch and slave and master cylinders for toyotas but you, you get my point um yeah you, you get what you pay for um you know trust me i wish everybody should do a water pump on a 2012 gmc acadia once they'll never want to do it you know they'll never want to buy a cheap part i can tell you that as I'm sure you'll never buy a cheap uh, uh, clutch and, and, and master. Um, so, but anyway, listen, Mike, I got to go. I'm up against the clock. I, uh, I appreciate the call, sir. And um, as always, your insight is wonderful. And uh, you keep them coming. And, um, you know, we're proud to count you among the car doctor nation. Hey, coming up next, a candid conversation with the folks from K-Seal. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, we're back. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's more like um, eight weeks ago, for those of you that are watching the Facebook video, hey, I guess it did work. Um, we posted a video up online uh, for a car we had in the shop. I had an, I had an older Pontiac came in, and it was, oh, it was a good 10, 11 years old, 100,000 miles on it. It had some cooling system issues ongoing. And rather than put the college student with no pocketbook and no budget into this repair, putting $3,000 plus into this 10, 11-year-old car higher mileage, we poured a bottle of K-Seal in it. K-Seal is a cooling system sealer. A lot of interesting comments, some good, some not so good. Some people don't want to look at new technology. I don't know if it scares them or they're just not able to for other reasons. But I thought I would end the dispute or maybe fan the flames. I'm not sure how this is going to work. And um, I've reached out to K-Seal, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk to Mike Schlupp. From, he's the managing director for KCL. He's uh, calling in from England today, as a matter of fact. And then we're glad he's taking some time out of his day to be with us. Mike, welcome aboard the car doctor, sir. 
Uh, hello, Ron. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I, let's talk about coolant leaks in general, if we can. All right. Um, you know, are there are there different types of leaks? Or you know, is 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 there internal? Is there external? Is there anything I'm missing when I start to think and want to explain it to people here on radio? There are all sorts of leaks. I mean, what people normally expect to see is a puddle underneath the engine. Um, and, and that's great. Then you know, yeah, there's water leaking out, there's coolant leaking out. I have a problem. And you can start looking for it. But it, it's not always as easy as that. Um, there are internal leaks. You could have, instead of the water just leaking out of the radiator, which is a common problem, it could be leaking internally across the cylinder head. Uh, into the cylinders. It could even be leaking into the oil. Um, uh, all of these uh, issues are maybe not so visible, but they're all going to cause uh, some serious problems if they're not dealt with as quickly as possible. Is there an issue today with all the different coolants on the market? Because I've had that question put to me also. People will say, you know, Ron, how can, how can one product or how can any product work in a vehicle you know there's so many different choices for coolant how does that affect the technology um, yeah you do need to look out for that there are some uh, chemicals that are used to stop leaks in cooling systems that actually can react with uh, certain types of coolant or antifreeze um, specifically it's a sodium silicate is a, is a chemical and that reacts with ethyl glycol which is an antifreeze so You've got to be careful to, with, with those to drain and flush and so on. But there are products uh, which are a pour-and-go solution. Um, the, these don't react with the chemical, chemicals in the cooling system. You just shake it up, pour it in, and away you go. Uh, you've got to be careful to read the label, look for the right products in that particular case. Does engine construction, the material, some, some you know, engines are aluminum, engines are cast iron, engines are... I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the plastic engine to come out, but you know it hasn't. It hasn't hit yet that I'm aware of. Although there are plastic intake manifolds, um, but does the engine material, the construction of it, does that affect what type of cooling system or if you can use a cooling system sealer? Um, again, yeah, you've got to you've got to look out for the the right product. Yes, um, uh, aluminum is is now widely used in engine and uh, cylinder heads, engine blocks. Quite often, though, you might find that the um, internals of the engine, the cylinder, is actually lined with the good old-fashioned steel or something like that. But um, just touching on K-Seal quickly because that's what I know about, um, the important thing with that product is that it doesn't matter what the engine is made of, it doesn't matter what size the engine is or if it's sealing a, a plastic leak, for example, on a radiator casing or something like that, um, the, the formula is, is quite happy wherever it's added. And that, that's something that was important when we were developing the product is to make it straightforward, very simple, uh, uh, just shake it, pour it, and away you go. Uh, so there's, it's, it's taken the uh, complexity out of all the products. And I suppose sometimes, now like in the case of that Pontiac that I was working on, that had multiple cooling system leaks over the past couple of years. It, you know, it was a it was a CP car. There's no other way to say it. It had a little bit out of the radiator. It had a little bit out of heater hose connections. It had a little bit out of the corner of the one head gasket. It had a little bit out of the crossover tube in the front of the motor. I mean, it just it was just a tired, dirty cooling system that didn't get great maintenance. And that's what, you know, led me to the conclusion, like, you know, let's just let's let's try sealing it. Um, and it and it worked. Now, you know, it's 
um, uh, as you say, you're working with so many different materials. Um, I guess you've got to read the bottle and, and see what you're working with in order to decide will that work in your particular application. Um, yeah, it is important to know that. Uh, you, uh, well, and the, the thing is, first of all, you have to know what the leak is. And to be honest, a lot of uh, people out there will know that they're losing coolant, but they won't know exactly where the problem is. Um, then you go into the store and you're looking on the shelf and there's a product for your radiator leak, there's a product for a gasket leak, there's a product for uh, engine block or cylinder head leaks. Uh, that just adds further to the confusion. Different, different, cha different challenges, Mike? I mean, you know, it's, can, are, are some products the same that'll do all three, that'll do all of those, or is it, are, are they still very specific today? There certainly now are products out there um, that are uh, able to seal different types of leak all, all in one go. It's, it's something that really we led with with K-Seal uh, 15 years ago when we launched it. Was, uh, we launched it and developed it as a multi-purpose coolant leak repair. Uh, again, it's to make that um, choice or decision as easy as possible for the, for the motorist to go and say, right, I don't really know what my leak is. I don't really know what my engine's made of. Now, this product here is a multi-purpose coolant leak repair. That's it. Um, it you don't have to worry which formula you've got, what engine you, you're running, uh, what, fuel, what type of fuel you're running, whatever it is. It's just a shake it up, pour it in, and, and away you go solution. Um, it's something that became very popular uh, with the roadside recovery organizations over here in the UK and Europe. A number of them actually use K-Seal specifically because they can just pour it straight in without having to uh, worry you know, what the engine is, what the coolant's in there, what other additives are in there, and so on. What sort of tricks are there, Mike? You know, you, you'll have a system that may be overpressurizing. Maybe you've got a head gasket leak and it's got the system under pressure. How do you get the sealer to stay in to allow it to get to the leak, to the failure to actually make the seal? Yeah, that's, uh, that's tricky. These, these problems, well, first of all, this, you're talking about one of the most expensive problems, uh, if, you, if you were to fix it. Um, so if you've got a clunker, then you, you want to try and solve it. Um, if you add the product into the reservoir and you've got overpressurizing, then it could easily get stuck there or even pushed out. So the trick is to bypass the reservoir, drain a bit of coolant, mix it with K-Seal, pour it back in, uh, or, or take the top hose off the radiator and add it there. And another really good trick, this, this works you know, with, with, with uh, a, a number of sealers, but obviously <laughs> uh, it works just as well with K-Seal, is that you identify where the problem cylinder is. Where is that, um, the, the failure between the cooling system and the cylinder that's allowing gases back in, and then isolate that cylinder, take the spark plug out. That reduces the pressure and gives the sealer a better chance of getting into that crack. And in the case of K-Seal, once it's in the crack, those ceramic fibers and uh, the other clever ingredients in there mesh together, and they make a, a very strong repair that can then uh, hold back the pressure and, and make a seal on a head gasket. You know, Mike, I'm sure you get this question a lot. You've been doing this 15 years, and you, 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 you travel around the world talking about K-Seal and cooling system leaks. Um, what I did, all right, you know, the instance of repairing the engine like this or putting in some sealer instead of repairing the engine, did it make, does it make sense to you? I mean, not, you're not the guy that just wants to sell the bottle of sealer. I think you have your, your heart in this. You're, you're really trying to do the right thing and help people. But um, it was the right thing to do, wasn't it? Um, it, it, it is, yeah. The first, 
The first vehicle I ever used it on was an old Ford van, and it belonged to a friend of mine. Uh, he was uh, a painter and decorator, and he needed that van, but it was on its last legs. So I thought, look, if we're going to try it, this was the very first uh, development bottle, put it, on his, put it in his cooling system. And what it did was all the white smoke, the steam that was coming out the back of his tailpipe, uh, within a few minutes that disappeared. The engine started running smoother again, and he got another six months out of that van. Um, he was just starting out on, on his own. He got another six months out of that van, um, and that got him set up and up and running, and then he got himself a newer van, uh, partly because the brakes failed and he went straight on at the junction, but that was, that was another right. story. Yeah, that's a whole other so story. exactly the the kind of vehicle that K-Seal is, is perfect for, where it's it's old, it's not really worth anything. You can't justify spending hundreds or potentially thousands of dollars fixing uh, a vehicle of that value. So great, get it back on the road for the time being with some K-Seal until you are in a position to, to um, replace or, or potentially repair that vehicle. Um, or, you know, it maybe you just haven't quite got the, the, the funds this month to, to take it to the workshop. So KCL will keep you on the road until you've got enough cash, and then you go and get that repair done. And, and, we, should, and we should point out, the van lasted six months, not because the cooling system failed, the brakes failed, and he didn't want to spend the money on the brakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So, but it gave him that breathing space, right. and that's... That's the key thing. So, right. yeah, you're not going to put it in a, you know, a brand-new BMW or Mercedes or whatever it is. Um, of course, that's going to be under warranty. So you take that back to the dealer and say, Hi, <laughs> you, know, you, you guys need to fix this. Right. But when it's a 10-year-old, 15-year-old, 20-year-old car, you know, truck, whatever it might be, then, um, then that's where KCL has really been successful. Um, another specific uh, incident, when we, not, not long after we launched it, the Range Rover guys in the UK here, the Range Rover Club, picked up on it. They were suffering from porous blocks on the old pre-BMW V8s that they, they were running, uh, the P38s. And uh, a porous block usually meant a new block. But these guys were running old uh, sort of classic cars. You know, they, they, were, they were hobby cars. Uh, and a bottle of Casey'll fix that porous block and got them back on the road, or it was four to five thousand dollars for a new block uh so and guess and guess which one it. right guess which one worked better hey mike in our yeah. last in our last minute um can you just talk about astm d3147 and for those out there i'm not talking about a new star i'm not talking about a new actor in the new star wars movie it's uh that's a standard of coolant right uh, can you talk about that real quick it is yeah it's the uh, standard for measuring the performance of coolant leak repair products it basically, it says a, a product should seal a hole up to a certain size. It happens to be 0.6 of a millimeter, which in, is, is a big leak in cooling system terms. But it has to f also flow through a, a filter or a mesh of 0.85 mil. So not a big difference there, but that's important because then you know that the product will not clog or block even the narrowest passageways in the cooling system. Um, that standard is out there. Um, I have to say I'm proud that K-Seal is the only product that's independently university tested uh, to meet that American standard. So that means, you know, don't take our word for it. It is, uh, right. it'll fix the leak when it should, and it'll flow when it shouldn't. It's on the books. Hey, Mike, where can the listeners get more information? 
Uh, they can head over to our website, which is uh, www.kseal.com, and we're out there on Facebook as well and uh, Twitter and, and, and all those places. All those things. All right. Hey, listen, Mike, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, and thanks for making a great product. I appreciate it, and I think a lot of people out there do too, and we're going to do our best to inform and educate everyone. All right, sir? Thank you, Ron. Thanks for your time. You're very welcome. You have a great day. I'm Ron Annie and The Car Doctor, and we are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Annie and The Car Doctor. And once again, thanks to the folks from KCL taking the time today. We, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 it's great stuff. We've had very good success with it, and uh, his points are timely and I think on target. And uh, I welcome any comments and thoughts from anyone else out there, we're always looking to look at it from both sides. So um, let's real quick go over and say, hey, Paul, North Minnesota. Paul, how are you today, sir? Paul? Anyway. There you are. Yeah, uh, semi-retired after 42 years, but I'm still getting calls from the dealership up here in the great white north. Yep, yeah, that's why when Tom we said... We can't figure this out. What yeah, do you do? Well, you know, yada, yeah. yada. And, and I said to Tom, Tom said, Paul from North Minnesota's on. I said, that's the senior Ford tech from Minnesota yep. that uh, listened to us. I'll tell you what, Paul, I, I brought you on. I just want to introduce you real quick. Sit tight. Let me pull over and take this pause. I didn't just want to leave you on hold, and uh, we'll be right back. We'll talk about your question and comments. So I'm Ron Eating the Car Doctor. Don't go away. We're back right after this. Hey, Paul, welcome back. Paul, you there, sir? Yes, sir. Oh, let's do this quick, babe. i got about two minutes. What's on your mind? Yeah, I know. I'm watching the, I'm watching the clock here. <laughs> anyway, yeah, 31 below tonight up here. And it's the old uh, plug the block heater, and if you're hoping for the best, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, and synthetic oil is really good for that. Anyhow, a uh, K seal. Give them. I didn't know that was coming up. I cared uh, what you get. You get. High, I think you've seen it. High miler four six Fords with the uh, unexplained, uh, you know, head gasket leaks. The K seal does wonders on that versus dealing with warped heads on 200 plus thousand mile pickups right you know it does work you, you got a witness here yeah cool yeah I, and i oh and i yeah. had a, another one yeah the thing you had earlier labor rates uh, in the dealerships yeah well the expensive training and overhead like you addressed and equipment cost and you are quite aware of that also another one a quick one for you and i don't know if you're doing any diesel work and our beloved six-liter diesel with coolant loss, the first thing you could do, and it's very cheap, talking about aftermarket parts, put a stant radiator cap on it. Why is 40% that? 40% of them are fixed. Why is that? Uh, because of the uh, Motorcraft radiator cap made in India is terrible. You know, and everybody says, oh, I got blown head gaskets, oh, the oil cooler shot. No, put a good quality stant radiator cap on it and revisit. Huh. I can believe that. Pocket. Yeah, I can believe that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, babe, the, the clock's, you, you got to call me earlier in the hour next time. Um, I will do that, sir. You know, I'm, I'm always glad to talk to you, and uh, Tom said you were surprised. I remember, I remember exactly who you are. I remember all my callers, babe. Um, you have yourself a good, happy New Year, Paul, and I'm glad you're still out there. I'm glad you made it to retirement, and uh, when you come to New Jersey, stop by. We'll have lunch one day. I'm Ron Anini, the car doctor, wishing everybody a good, healthy, happy New Year. Until the next time we get together, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you. 